Hi, it's Kara Meiberg-Guzman. Before we start, I just wanted to give you a quick update on our membership drive. I'm recording this Saturday morning and we just reached 100 members. That's amazing, but it's still short of our goal. And so Stephen and I thought we'd extend our membership drive just a couple more days till Wednesday night. We've got two good episodes coming your way before then. And so we thought we'd give it one last push. So if you haven't signed up to be a member yet, you can do so at santacruzlocal.org. If you've already signed up, thank you so much for your support. Imagine with me for a second. We're standing at Laurel Street and Pacific Avenue in downtown Santa Cruz. We're at the Taco Bell. Or at least where it used to be. It's the year 2029, and now there's a six-story apartment building there. It's about noon on a weekday, and it's busy. A bus and two rows of cars wait for the light to change. Office workers duck out for their lunch break. Some tourists make their way from the beach. A few bikers whiz by. But of course, this is all imaginary. That six-story apartment building hasn't been built yet. But it's one of several projects being proposed right now for the southern end of downtown Santa Cruz. Let's take a tour and see some of those projects. We walk up Pacific Avenue past Zachary's Restaurant. We pass Maple and Pacific. Where the bus station used to be, there's now the Santa Cruz Community Health Center's clinic and a Dienta's dental clinic. And above, there's five floors of affordable housing. The bus station is on the same lot, but it's smaller than it used to be. Now it just opens up to Front Street, not to Pacific Avenue. We pass the clinics and the apartments and turn right on Cathcart Street. We're heading to the river. On our left, behind Chianti's Pizza, is the new home of the farmer's market. But there's no farmer's market today, so it's just a parking lot. Ahead, you know that building where Mutari's Chocolate used to be? Now there's a walkway the width of Cathcar Street up to the river. It was paid for by the developer who built the new neighboring apartment complex. Of course, there's no guarantee that these projects will get built. There's all sorts of obstacles that can get in the way, like lawsuits or a dip in the housing market. There are six major development projects in early stages of planning in downtown Santa Cruz. If they do happen, then it would mark the biggest boom in housing development in downtown Santa Cruz in decades. I'm Kara Meiberg-Guzman, and this is Santa Cruz Local. In today's episode, we list those projects. We discuss what changed in the city's policies to allow this surge of proposals in downtown Santa Cruz. We talk to developers, shop owners, and city leaders, and we tackle the biggest question. How much of this housing is affordable? And is it the right balance? Okay, so here's what's on the table. Let's run through the six projects. They represent about 800 potential housing units in the southern part of downtown. The timeline is five to 10 years. Okay, number one, 
At the south end of Pacific Avenue, where the Taco Bell is, we've got the Pacific Laurel Front Project. It's 205 market rate housing units, and there's shops underneath. The project takes up the entire city block between Pacific Avenue and Laurel and Front Streets. Besides the Taco Bell, there's other shops there, like the Salvation Army store, a pipe shop, and an Indian restaurant. The developers are DevCon Construction and LHH Partners, a trio of Owen Lawler, Ruben Hellick, and architect Jan Hawkhauser. So like I said, all the housing in this project is market rate. Instead of building affordable units, the developer is planning to dedicate some land to the city. This land is actually next door to the project, and the city is planning to use that land for affordable housing. City and state law allow for this kind of deal, dedicating land in lieu of building affordable housing. But this project is being held up by a lawsuit that's challenging this affordable housing deal that the developers made with the city. One block north on Pacific Avenue, we have project number two, the Pacific Station. It's a complicated project at Pacific and Maple, where the metro station is. It calls for 100 plus units of affordable housing. On the first floor, there's space for the dental and health clinics. This project would take that dedicated land from the Pacific Front Laurel project and use it to build an additional 40 units of affordable housing. That would bring it to 140 affordable units. This project is in the very early stages. Okay, number three. On Front Street along the river, we have another Lawler project. It's called the Front Street Riverfront Apartments. It combines a couple lots, where there's India Joe's, Ohana Gymnastics, Yoga Center Santa Cruz, Mutari, Chocolate House and Factory, and a parking lot. This project calls for 175 housing units. 22 of those would be affordable. Nine of those affordable units would be for people with very low incomes. Okay, just north on Front Street, we have project number four. 530 Front Street at Front and SoCal Avenue. You know where the Wells Fargo Home Mortgage Building is along the San Lorenzo River? Swenson Builders wants to build apartment buildings there. On the ground floor, there'd be a restaurant opening up to the river. On the other side, there'd be shops opening up to Front Street. The numbers are still being worked out, but right now it looks like 170 housing units, 26 of which would be affordable. Project number five is the controversial downtown library garage housing project that we've covered before in a previous episode and also in our newsletter. We're waiting for the city council to decide the project's fate. They're supposed to decide by mid-October. So the proposal is to build a new downtown library in the parking lot where the farmer's market currently lives. Above the library, there'd be a parking garage and also housing. Project number six is the possible redevelopment of the Calvary Church parking lot. Right now, the church is leasing that lot to the city and the city is using it as a public parking lot. So this project would be a private project and it's still very early in the process and we don't know how many housing units would be proposed. Thank you.
Okay, so how did we get here? Why are we seeing this surge of possible development in the southern part of downtown? Let's go back to 2017. That's when the city changed its zoning to allow for taller buildings in this part of downtown. The city staff refers to this change as the Amendments to the Downtown Recovery Plan. Basically, it updated the city zoning to match the higher density called for in the city's general plan. For developers, this changed everything. Here's Jesse Bristow. He's a development project manager at Swenson. He oversees the 530 Front Street project at Front and Soquel Avenue. From Soquel all the way to Laurel in, in the past, I believe the, the height ceiling was around 30 feet. Um, so there, when, you, when you take a downtown area and you can't build higher to allocate new units, it doesn't, it, there's no incentive to build there. You know, if you have a commercial building that's already, you know, getting rent, getting revenue, to tear away that value and to build something just to replace it where you can't intensify or, or add or provide, you know, the housing needs, it doesn't make sense. So the changes in 2017 increased the building heights from 30 feet to 50 feet. Projects could go as high as 70 feet if they meet certain criteria. By allowing taller projects, it meant more revenue for the developer. It made the projects easier to finance. It's been a long time since the city has seen any significant projects in the southern end of downtown. By changing the zoning, the idea was to spur building. The city wants more housing downtown because that's where jobs, shops, entertainment, and public transit are. Here's Santa Cruz Planning Director Lee Butler. The long-term vision for our downtown is to have a vibrant, active, thriving, residential, commercial, entertainment, restaurant district that is welcoming to people of all income levels. And we're well on our way there, but there's certainly a lot of work to be done. Another part of the city's plan for downtown, opening up the downtown to the Riverwalk. So right now, businesses on Front Street open up to the street, but not to the Riverwalk. The city wants to change that to make the Riverwalk more vibrant and welcoming. So as part of those projects I mentioned, three large walkways are planned. They'd connect downtown to the Riverwalk. So at the end of both Cathcart and Maple Streets, courtyard walkways will lead straight up to the Riverwalk. And for that proposed apartment project at Front Street and SoCal Avenue, there will be ground floor shops and a restaurant facing the river. The developer plans to fill that ditch separating the building and the riverwalk, and it'll create a sort of plaza that abuts the riverwalk. Casey Coonerty Prati, owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz, said she sees a possible boom in downtown development as a good thing. She chaired the city's downtown commission last year. Downtown, there's places for people to work down here. There's shopping down here. There's grocery stores down here. Um, this is a place where housing makes sense. Across the street from Bookshop is 1547 Pacific, a five-story condo project that's under construction. It should be done by early next year. The lot had been vacant since the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. 
you know, the the development that's going on right across the street from us, that was our lot back in, before the earthquake. That's where Bookshop lived, and it's been empty. It's they're almost 30 years. So it's so exciting to see people want to come into our downtown and make it full and vibrant and livable. Not everyone is as excited about all the development as she is. Michael Meckis owns Andy's Auto on Pacific Avenue and Maple Street. His shop is across from the metro station. His dad, Andy, owned the shop before him. Moved here in 67, and, and so we've been here in this location for many, many years, and we were just a half a block away before that, so we've been on Pacific Avenue for 70 years. I see. Yeah, so we've seen a lot. We've seen a flood in 55, an earthquake in 89, and, and now this very big boom in, in development, redevelopment going on down here. And, uh, it can be exciting to see that maybe there's possibilities, but I'm, I'm seeing that none of these apartments will be available for anybody that's actually working downtown. As the owner of the auto parts store, Mekis says he makes less than $60,000 a year. He says if he can't afford one of the affordable units, he doubts that any other retail or service workers downtown could either. Another thing he's worried about how many cars these new projects would bring. He's worried that the new residents would bring more cars than the developers are building spots for. I used to be able to come down here and park and my, all my employees come down and park and go to work. Now I have to come down and pay $20 a month for myself and each employee to have parking passes. And then my um, customers are getting tickets regularly because of, of can't get prices to park or in too long. Yeah, it's a, it's a quandary. Let's get into how much of this new housing is going to be affordable and how were those decisions made. But first, let's explain some terms. So what does affordable mean? It's actually a strict definition. Affordable housing units are for people who make 80% or less of the area median income. So if you have a family of four in Santa Cruz, that threshold is an income of about $78,000 a year. For a single person, that threshold is about $55,000. Okay, so how much does it cost if you want to rent or buy that affordable unit? Your rent would be roughly a third of your income. If you're buying, your mortgage payments would again be about a third of your income for a 30-year loan. So how much of this new housing is going to be affordable? Let's revisit those four downtown projects that we have rough figures for. That's Pacific Laurel Front, the Pacific Station, the Front Street Riverfront Apartments, and 530 Front Street. Between those four proposals, we have 502 units that are market rate and 188 units that are affordable. So how do developers decide how much of a project is affordable? I asked this of John Lee. He's a senior development project manager at Swenson. He said developers pretty much stick to the affordable requirements set by the city. Well, the, the city has pretty much decided that that number is 15% for properties in the downtown area. And um, you know, as developers, we have to account for that. Uh, unfortunately, those units are built and we actually lose money on those. So we basically effectively make it up through our market rate units. Um, there's been some proposals to increase that number. 
However, that's considered really a tax on a project, and it's it's a it's a big tax if it goes to 25%, and most likely it will not be an incentive enough to make a project pencil break even or make money, and so therefore, you know, most investors will not take the risk. Sometime early next year, the city is supposed to hire a consultant to study whether it makes sense to increase the affordable requirement from 15%. Specifically, they're supposed to focus their study on new housing projects where units would be sold, not rented. It was part of the Housing Blueprint Subcommittee's recommendations from last year. So just a quick reminder, the Housing Blueprint Subcommittee was made up of three city council members who went through this whole year-long process of community engagement to come up with a list of recommendations for how to improve the city's housing crisis. So John Lee says that for developers, there's a big difference between a 15% affordability requirement and a 25% affordability requirement. So... The development world is kind of like this, and I'll try to break it down. If I ask you to start a business, I want you to invest funds in this business, but you're not going to make money for five to seven years. Five to seven years. So you'll be spending money during that period of time, but you will not be making money. If I ask you to agree to basically lose money on 25% of your revenue five to seven years from now, will you feel comfortable starting that business? Most likely the answer is no. And so those are the types of things that we have to accept currently. In the case of affordable units, we've got to accept that we're gonna lose money on 15% of our units. However, we're spending money during that period of time until we start renting or selling the first condo or apartment. So hopefully for your listeners, that's kind of an analogy of what it means to be in this business, to take on a project, to wait to receive those revenue sources, but at the same time, agree to certain provisions that um, are considered a tax to a project. You know, the development community is willing to, you know, provide affordable units at affordable rates, but given that we lose money in those things, those are things that we have to be very careful to agree to because we don't know what's gonna happen in in five to seven years when the product actually comes online. I asked Lee Butler, Santa Cruz's planning director, how did the city determine that 15% affordable requirement? Why 15%? He said there's a balance. The city needs to aim for the maximum number of affordable units that provides the minimum profit margin for developers. Basically, the requirement shouldn't be so onerous that developers stay away. Last year, the city hired a consultant to figure out what that balance is for new rental housing projects. The study found that downtown, the sweet spot is a 15% affordable requirement for new rental housing. Those required affordable housing units are also called inclusionary units. We want to have more inclusionary units. We want to have more market rate units. Do we want affordable units more? Absolutely. But we have to make sure that we're not setting that bar so high that we don't get any redevelopment because 25% of zero is zero. And we would much rather have a substantial number of additional market rate units along with that substantial number of additional affordable units. Let's hear from another point of view. 
Here is Santa Cruz City Council member Chris Crone. He told me he's in favor of a 20% affordable housing requirement for the city. We're sharing Crone's point of view that the city needs to require more affordable housing because we've heard similar sentiments from his fellow council members, Drew Glover and Sandy Brown. We've also heard it expressed by Planning Commissioners Andy Schifrin and Miriam Greenberg. Ever since I started on the council in December of 1998, there's been someone knocking at the door um, and there's deals that the city council can and cannot make. And I remember Dick Wilson, uh, the former city manager, saying, oh, you're going to turn away these developers and no one will ever want to develop in Santa Cruz again. That's just simply not true. Okay, so what about publicly funded projects? The city owns land. Can more of that land be turned into affordable housing? We'll talk about public funding and city-owned land in an upcoming episode. But there is one thing you should know right now. On Friday, Assemblymember Mark Stone's bill, AB 411, passed out of its last committee. Now it goes to the Senate floor. If you're on our newsletter, you've been getting updates about this bill. It's the one that would free up $16 million of Santa Cruz's frozen former redevelopment bonds. That $16 million would be used to fund affordable housing projects in the city. The city has already targeted three proposed projects for these funds. Number one, Pacific Station. Number two, the Library Housing Garage Project downtown. And number three, workforce housing for teachers in the Natural Bridges neighborhood. This project list is flexible though, so the city council could change where the funding goes if it wanted to. Before we go, a few quick things. If you're enjoying Santa Cruz Local, if you feel like we're helping you stay on top of local news, if you feel like we're informing the community, I hope you'll consider becoming a member. Memberships start at $9 a month or $99 a year. You can sign up at santacruzlocal.org. Your membership will help us keep doing what we're doing, and it'll also help us expand our coverage. Okay, another thing, an invitation for our members. We're having a launch party. Save the date, it's Wednesday, September 18, starts at 5.45, ends at 7, and it's at Cruz.io in downtown Santa Cruz. Please join us. We want to celebrate with you and thank you in person, and we want you to get to know us and vice versa. We'll have live music, we'll have snacks, and it won't be just schmoozing. We have some interactive activities planned. We want you to come talk to us about what you love about Santa Cruz, what concerns you, and how we can make a difference. A big thank you to all our new members. Thank you especially to our Defender and Guardian level members, Elizabeth and David Doolin, Chris Necklison, and Patrick Riley. Thank you also to Stephen Baxter for editing this script. I'm Kara Meiber-Guzman. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.